0: Warden, Jack Stagnett. Rick, welcome to the soul of Detroit. <laughs> Great to meet you, Warden. Uh-huh.
1: So, I'll hell are my two favorite assholes? Well, we got them two rat bucks back up in there. I guess you uh-huh. want to see them. Why not? Go on. <laughs> i seen you on TV. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, I went ready goddamn buck. I'm impressed. Surprise uh-huh. Hollywood ain't found you yet. Uh-huh. Your story make a lot better movie than that coast shit. <laughs> I'll tell you something, Skagnetti, in all of my days in the
0: penal business, that ain't no small amount of days, right, boys? Oh, nope. no. Ark Fellhauer and Sean Windsor. And without doubt, the most twisted, depraved pair of shit fucks it has ever been my displeasure to lay my goddamn eyes on. I'm telling you,
1: these two motherfuckers are a walking reminder of just how
0: fucked up this system really is. Don't get me started, I'll tell you Don't get me started. You asked it to ride it. your a my
2: it's gone. What are you doing? That is not paid for by them. That is paid for by the people of Detroit. You might qualify them now. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay. You want to go right now? You know, it occurs to me that we might have wanted to put an explicit language warning at the top of the show, but that's what happens when you honor one of our own, Tom Sizemore, as predicted by Sean Windsor is not with us from our last episode to our current episode. He passed away after suffering a, uh, a, uh, an aneurysm, a brain aneurysm, right? Way and to
1: kill him, Sean. Good job. Yeah. I predicted it. Yeah. Who's next? I was just reading what <laughs> others were predicted.
2: They, they come in threes, <laughs> right? So who's who knows who,
1: who know a lot more than I do? It's nice of you not to take a victory lab over his death. No, I wouldn't do that. I'll leave that to the Michigan fans.
2: Yeah, Sean's, uh, what? Sean's gracious. What? Michigan fans hate Tom Sizemore because he went to Wayne State.
1: No, they take victory <laughs> lives over people's deaths. No, that I, 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 I said that before. I thought you would say that.
2: Oh no, I I wasn't aware of Michigan fans being anything other than gracious, and maybe a little. It's soft because in we'll,
0: I will mention it later. But you had a very uh, controversial column for some people.
2: Oh, Sean went, and Sean is uh, a subject of one of our uh, our items of feedback this week. So a lot of lot of Sean windsor here. We weren't expecting him. We got our calendars mixed up and. Thought we we're going to get away with it, and then he walks right in on time. And like, Sean's kind of conspiring against. Oh, you it?
1: thought I was going to call in from a, a parking lot somewhere?
2: Yeah, we weren't sure. We weren't sure. A detention okay. center, something like that. You know, eight 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 Something
1: like shiny that. sunshiny
2: face. So Sean's here. Mark Fellhauer's here as well, and we're joined by another Sean. Sean Mann, the CEO of Detroit City Football Club, to talk about the upcoming season. And when I say the upcoming season. We're recording on Tuesday. They kick off on Friday, and they'll be back in our in our fair uh, borough uh, within about two weeks. So Sean's going to tell us what's been going on with the football club, what's we can look forward to this week, and how you can get tickets to the not only the home opener, but they have a shop in Capitol Park if you want to check out some of their great swag. And then there's a lot of cool stuff going on at the Detroit City Fieldhouse from volleyball, which I've been playing to uh, indoor soccer, to you name it. So we're going to catch up with Sean as we do every year as the, uh, as La Rouge try and get ready to kick off another successful season. The show is always brought to you by David Hall and Luke Nowacki of Pinnacle Wealth Strategies and a sponsor is back. We're great, great to uh, to the Cadu Cafe for supporting the show again If you want to come out and catch me at the Catcher Cafe, we're planning a special St. Patrick's Day event. Now, I think I'll be there from 3 to 5, and we'll have some special guests, and we'll do some of the stuff that you're used to seeing on the show live and in person right in front of you. But they open at 11 a.m. on St. Patrick's Day. That's a special early opening for the great event. They're going to have bangers and mash, Guinness Irish stew, corned beef and cabbage, Guinness on tap, of course, and live music throughout the day and the night. So we'll tell you a little bit more about how you can find out about what's going on at the Kadju Cafe every day and on St. Patrick's Day after we catch up with Sean Mann. Sean, thanks for for coming in. Thanks for having me back on.
3: So is this season 10 or 11 for the football team? Uh, We started in 2012. I think this is our 12th campaign. Season, (laughs) okay. How surprised are you by that? Uh, I mean, there were early years, there were a surprise we were back, but, uh, now I think we've got so much momentum and pressure on us. It'd be you know, hard. It's crazy, for, it's crazy to look let back everyone on down yeah. at this point. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: No. And it's, and you keep going up. I mean, you're how much higher can you go now?
3: Well, I mean, uh, so last year we made the transition to USL, so that's the level below Major League Soccer. So we're the second level. Uh, so intuitively, yeah, I mean, I guess MLS is the only place to go higher uh, in American soccer. Uh, not that we have. And I, I, mean, I plans thought on that I, front. I yeah. thought I
2: saw that the buy in for a team now is five hundred million. So you guys will be there next year, right?
3: yeah I mean we haven't had that conversation with Garber but that's my understanding that that's what they're uh, asking for these days yeah
2: damn
0: unbelievable and of course you can't we've talked about this ad nauseum. you can't earn your way to the top championship no, it like is every funny. other league in every other country
3: you know I just got email notification that the athletic just hired a beat writer to cover Wrexham you know a fifth division team <laughs> in Wales uh, and yeah, but, uh, but it's owned by Hollywood right Yeah, exactly yeah. the most exciting story in American soccer is a fifth <laughs> division team in Wales uh, <laughs> so true so you would think the powers of oh, oh, oh. being American soccer would pick up on uh you know tapping into that excitement and drama it's either
0: Wrexham or a fake soccer team like right, exactly uh, Ted yeah. lasso yeah,
3: yeah. so uh, Richmond but, <laughs> but, but no, we do not have that set up here in the u s so uh short of writing big checks you're you' are you are where you are yep
2: well, it's an amazing story and and even though you're not a movie star or the owner of a cell phone company and you don't have a big t v star behind you, you do have a movie benefactor stars hair? Yeah. He well does. you know he's he, yeah, yeah. He's he's got a little Hollywood in him. Yeah, he does. He's sort of a like a, a young
3: Brad Pitt, maybe, or uh a- no? Yeah, no, I... Uh,
1: I was thinking like a sexier Michael Dukakis.
3: I appreciate that. I, uh, I regularly... Oh, wow.
1: I, sexier?
3: I, yeah. I, I either... Is that possible? At the gas station, I either get he's, Jay He's Leno- one eyebrow
2: short of uh, Michael Dukakis. <laughs> yeah,
3: at the gas stations, I either One get, eyebrow too many. of him talk. I get it's Jay like... Leno or Rachel Maddow. That's usually what I get when I'm at the gas station. You know? Rachel Maddow. I know, that one. I've gotten that a few times, and I'm like all right fine you know just suck it up and move on you know
2: you you don't seem that aggressive to be rachel Maddow. you're more (laughs) more retiring
3: yeah yeah
2: damn and you work more than one day a week now yep so probably probably seven days a week i'm guessing
3: it feels yeah actually yeah there's not a day where we're not you know working dcfc
2: so what's coming up for the team i know the uh, season used to start kind of late spring summer but now you're going to be playing in the snow almost
3: yeah, I mean, guys, the men's team, the guys reported February 1st. Uh, our first game is Saturday in San Diego. We fly out Friday. Uh, and so, you know, the games go until – regular season goes until mid-October and playoffs go up until Thanksgiving. So it's uh, – I mean, it's pretty much a year-round endeavor at this point. Uh, so, you know, it's good to get away from kind of the BS and doldrums of the offseason and get back to, like, kicking a ball this weekend. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're very excited. I think last year it was kind of an abrupt move up to the second division. Uh, so I think we proved, you know, without a doubt that we belong at that level. Now it's a matter of, uh, like, competing and getting back to, like, winning trophies again. So, you know, that's the focus this year.
2: Well, you guys used to run the table. I mean, there was always hardware, silverware coming every year. And last year, you had some good spells, and then you guys took a couple on the chin, but not too bad for the first, not exactly the Las Vegas Golden Knights, not exactly the Seattle Kraken, somewhere in between. And what's different this year? I mean, what do you think is going to give you a chance to to become kind of the bullies in the
1: league?
3: Uh, You know, I think... uh, Trevor James, our head coach, GM, he brought back like the core of the team from last year. So we were the strongest defensive team in the league. So goalkeeper, the whole back line, the you know, whole midfield is basically coming back. And so kind of retooling some of the offensive components of it. Um, so and we have more depth on the bench so far with some more spots to be filled in still. So, um, you know, I think we're, you know, feel good that like we're going to be in every game, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, we well, should be climbing up that ladder this year.
2: Well, the uh the thing that I always wonder about is as the team gets better, the costs go up, but you seem to keep ticket prices pretty reasonable. What what's it going to cost somebody to watch a game and to get season tickets?
3: Uh season tickets start at $185 uh and we have a youth ticket that's cheaper. But $185 uh and that includes men's and women's games, so that's 23 games. You get a ticket to? Um and Yeah, and single game tickets are 15 to 20 bucks. Um, And, you know, we've had to right size season tickets admittedly this year. So tickets, single game, all went up like 30%, 40%. That being said, we still, this should be, if we aren't there yet, we'll be there very soon, like the most season tickets we've ever sold. Uh, So, you know, people, I think, our, our core fan base understands that, like, for us to be competitive, like, our season, our ticket prices have to be somewhat in line with the other teams in the league.
0: It's an event. It's a fun event to go to. But did you see a bump changing leagues? I mean, do do the casual fans, do they care about that? Is it like, oh, wow, now we're playing a san antonio or a bigger named city as opposed to just a local regional
3: yeah like i think one of the biggest things last year is like i think we've gotten more consistent media coverage um and you know with a beat writer with the news that certainly helps espn uh,
0: plus because yep. i've seen you guys on espn plus
3: yeah i mean uh, between our games being on tv 20 then simulcast on espn plus like you know we're, we're doing it's all proprietary but like we're doing really good TV numbers. We're tops in no. our league. Uh, with MLS moving to the Apple Plus, like... In, you're, to, you're tops in the... In our league in really? terms of viewership, yeah. What are, um,
0: what are some of the other big markets?
3: I mean, um, you got San Antonio, Tampa yeah. Bay, San Diego, Indianapolis. Like, you know, we're playing all real teams in real cities. Um,
2: yeah, cities that are twice as big as... The, I think San that, Antonio is well over I mean. a million yeah, that, people. That's great.
3: Yeah, sure. yeah I mean... Um, Right, like we're yeah up there in terms of market, and uh, um, so yeah, I mean like you know we're we're definitely the most watched American team outside of MLS, and no one really knows what MLS numbers are now because they're on Apple Plus. Yeah. Uh, so that's been great. I mean, four of our ten largest crowds ever were this past year. We had our first ever sellout prior to a, a game taking place. We we're on we had the first ever non MLS game on ESPN proper uh, last year. So. Being at this level certainly helped with exposure and and that has driven, I think, more people to the stands. Us being an MLS team last year, which I think was around the time I came last yeah, year. Was that
2: Columbus
0: crew? Yeah, we knocked oh, off
3: Columbus yeah. crew and you got
0: Zardus traded right after it.
3: Yeah, right, exactly. Uh you know, I mean, it's funny, like I think that certainly helped raise our profile and you can see some of our social media metrics. That was like, obviously the biggest bump we've ever got was like oh. in the 24 hours after that game. So, um, you know, I think that's all helped, uh, us just it feels bigger
0: build. from where I sit. It just feels, you know, like a re <laughs> Not I don't want to say real cause that kind of demeans <laughs> what you were doing, but a legit professional team.
3: Yeah, I, it, it is. Because you can see
0: them on TV. Right. I mean, that's the yeah. measure of almost every professional team.
3: Right. You know, it's, it's funny. I was joking. Like, my brother-in-law saw our game on ESPN, and he was like, oh, wow, this is like a real thing. And I was like, well, no shit. We've been at this for like a decade now. You know? <laughs> well, when, you're, when
2: you get your brother-in-law's attention, that's the real right. sign of success. Forget about all the other shit.
3: Right. It shows how much TV
0: runs sports. Yeah. It really does. Yep. Live view. And, and, and in a sense, sports is starting to run TV and streaming, you know.
3: Well, that's a yeah. It's an interesting landscape, uh, and actually, MLS is kind of at the forefront of it with their deal that they did with Apple Plus or Apple, you know, TV. And yeah. I think everyone's kind of waiting to see what comes with that. Um, but it's um, yeah, no, it's an exciting time for us. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're back at Keyworth in two weeks.
2: So, what's the capacity at Keyworth now?
3: 7,231.
2: Can you fit anybody else in there? No. No. that's no. Pa- Are you getting to a point where you're thinking, we may have outgrown Keyworth?
3: Yeah, I mean... Um, uh- yeah, I mean, I think there's limitations to Keyworth. The romantic in me loves Keyworth. I think it's a very special place, like with the train tracks and the neighborhood and just the atmosphere. Uh, and it's funny, this time a year ago, as we were preparing, you know, the league gave us, we had a literally 400 item punch list to get the stadium ready to like their specifications, U.S. soccer specifications, and like
2: visitor that. locker rooms, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah.
3: We had to build out a new shower for an additional shower for referees with 48 hours notice. Like it was just crazy like what we are doing and
2: referees, how about a hose right. and a sponge? Right. I mean,
3: yeah, don't you start on the refs, <laughs> but, uh, no, so like, um, this time a year ago, our league and U S soccer hated Keyworth. Um, and it's the only professionally sanctioned soccer stadium in America that's open to the public. So like right now you could go up there and you could just play on the field. And that's the only stadium American professional soccer that you can do that in. Uh, and they hate it, and, like, you know, there's pressure on us to get into a new venue. I think attitudes have changed because they've seen how it looks on TV, the atmosphere, and, like, a better understanding of it. Um, but that being said, like, you know, financially, yeah, I think we are going to hit a plateau of, like, what we can do in there and, you know, questions of, like, how, you know, our long-term stability, like, you know, those key enable us to uh, continue growing or even, you know, be sustainable. So, um, you know, that being said you know we don't have any stadium plans and you know even if we did we're going to be there for another 4 or 5 years you know it's just that's how long it takes to do a project like that
1: okay cuz oh, I- how much bigger though if i mean what's the ballpark if you were going to move
3: so i think one of the things um you know, you saw with MLS Detroit as they did the math, and uh, you know, you can talk to any of the bean counters in this town. Like, um, I think you have a hard time justifying a twenty thousand seat venue in this town. Uh, it's only used for seventeen games and you know, a half dozen or so more concerts. Um, I think what you're seeing in our league is kind of a sweet spot of venues that are like twelve thousand, fourteen thousand size venues that maybe don't have the same bells and whistles as the new MLS ones. But I don't think the market here. Or anybody who's writing those checks thinks that Detroit can sustain a three hundred million dollar, you know. Soccer and
0: I assume you want to stay in the city proper.
3: Yeah, I mean, um, you know, my partners Todd, Alex, and I—we all are city Detroit residents. Um, you know, that means a lot to us. Um, you know,
0: but the money money is in Oakland County.
3: <laughs> that's what people have told us. Like, yeah. we got to move out to Rochester. That was one of the first. <laughs> That was one of the first meetings I took with like uh, you know, know. one of the kind of the annoying people in Detroit sports, and they're like, well, "It's cute, it's cute what you guys are doing, but <laughs> the real money's out Rochester." And I was like, "Well, we're Detroit City, you know that's who we are." What so of the
0: annoying
1: people in Detroit sports, who would that be besides you, Windsor? <laughs> I that's a good question, Mike. I guess, <laughs> but all the all the the hockey, baseball, football, basketball teams all play in Detroit, yeah. right? So oh, why sure. is that person? I mean, yeah, that, that was how people thought back in the 70s and 80s when the white flight was at its peak probably, right?
3: And I think here we've here. always gone up. I think the since we launched, the attitudes have changed where um, the sport is seen now more as young professionals, Gen Z, whatever, and it's less the orange slices and soccer moms and you know suburban fields. And uh, I think that there has changed. So, like… But it's just core to who we are. They're like it wouldn't have to be, you know, in Detroit, Hamtramck. Yeah.
2: Well, it's uh, you know I think about all the great ballparks there are, but I would still much rather go see a game at Wrigley Field before they started doing what they've been doing to it. Uh, Comerica Park is great, but I'd rather go to Tiger Stadium. I see the pictures of Ebbets Field and all these other great ballparks. I think, how cool would it be to go see a game there? And I think what Keyworth offers, while there are some some limitations just based, you know, it's an 80-year-old stadium built just before World War II, that 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 kind of that kind of caps you on some things. But if I'm going to follow a team through the league, that's a unique, distinctive place. I mean, that's a place where when you walk up to it, it's like walking through a neighborhood and all of a sudden there's a stadium there. And it, it doesn't rise from the ground, you know, like some colossus, but it's a very intimate place. And it's uh, the interaction with the fans, and the fact that it doesn't have all those bells and whistles. That means hot dogs are ten dollars instead of three fifty or whatever they are, you know. And where else can you get pierogi, you know, during a the game? It, there's a lot of charm there that I think sets you guys apart from what I'm sure are some some pretty slick venues.
3: Yeah, I think um, if we were ever to leave Keyworth, there's a very high bar of you know, what we have now in terms of how special it is, you know, and how you match that. And, you know, I think when we get back to, like, why do you care about sports, and we ask ourselves that question, like, why would you care? You know, part of that aspect is, you know, we're never going to have the top players on the field. And, frankly, like, MLS can never say that as well, right? Like Until they're on their way down, right? That's when they get back home.
2: That's when they get messy. That's when they get whatever.
3: Right. Right. Frankly, we're in such a connected world that, like, you know, people are four times as likely to watch a European soccer match on a Saturday morning than an MLS match later that night. Right. And that's just the nature of where we're at, Right. Yeah. And so yeah. like, why do you care? Why do you come out? And it's because it's a memorable experience. Right. You know, and it's, I think that's what we offer is like, it is going to be an experience that you're going to talk about Monday at the water cooler. If you go into the office, right. You know, it's, um, it's something special and that's, you know, what we value and um and keyworth lends itself to that, you know, walking huh. through the neighborhood and you know, and I mean that's how I found Keyworth. Uh I'm not like gonna Christopher Columbus, a stadium that's 80 years old. Right. Yeah. But like, you know, I get my hair cut a few blocks away and one night I'm, you know, I'm walking out and I look on the porch. And I'm like, what are those light towers? Why are they in the middle of this neighborhood? And I wander over there and there's the stadium, you know, that's yeah. right there. So and,
2: and now the Negro league field is being developed on the other side. So that's, that's a very special and historic place, but I have friends all the time say, Hey, are you, are you going to DCFC this weekend or even during the week? And, uh, you know, I, am part of a season ticket club for the Red Wings, a season ticket club for the Tigers and nobody ever, well, rarely do people say, Hey, are you going to the ball game? Are you going, are you going to the, the rink? Because they're massive places. You're not going to run into anybody there. Yeah, but yeah. if you're going to Keyworth, even though 7250 is not an insignificant capacity, you're going to run into somebody, you know, yeah. you're going to be in line for a beer. You're going to go something to eat at halftime. Maybe you're going to take a look at some of the merch or just just cycling in there or going to Bumbos afterwards or any one of the bars wicking the jar wherever, you're gonna you're gonna bump into somebody. If they're going, you will see them there.
3: Yeah, it it does it definitely has a I wanna say small town, but like community vibes to it, right? It's a community. And like, you know, I find it funny that like Wrexham is like taken off like it has. And I was so like so
0: similar to that yeah, in a I lot mean, of ways. Yeah, I mean,
3: ML was at our uh, kickoff party a couple weeks ago, right? And, like, I think this offseason, the most powerful thing to me is that the nexus, like, the start of the, the team was I like, started a neighborhood soccer league, you know, yep. that you're familiar with. Um, and we're now at a point, like, 12 years later where those guys that we were drinking, guys and gals that we were drinking with, back in the day at the logger house and playing soccer with at Fort Wayne, like they now have kids who are playing in our youth system and like their family, like revolves around being at the field house and they come to the games on Saturday. And it's like, it's just very, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's becoming multi generational, and like that's you know at its core, and that's very exciting for us. Where's like, your documentary?
0: Why don't you do? Why don't you do a, a season in the life? Yeah, I what's mean,
3: Alex doing? I, and I, know, and, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. Is he busy running a team or something. We've been approached I'm, over the years, and they're, the pitch yeah. has been so comical that someday we'll put them in a book. You know, really? but like Yeah, like I, I mean, I think we're totally open to it. It's just uh, it's never been a good like angle that they want to take. You know, so yeah,
0: it's it's just interesting because look at um, like F one one has exploded in popularity because of the Netflix documentary yep. so much so that now golf is like, Oh, we, we need to have a behind the scenes documentary. It's just, and like you mentioned, rexham is just an amazing way to grow, you know, grow a team or grow yep. a brand. But then again, you're right. If, if they want to take a, a laughing version of it, but there's so many characters involved with the team in the sub Northern guard and the supporters that, be entertaining as
2: hell.
0: Yeah.
3: What, there's what happened
2: else. to the Jorts Cannon guy? That's what I want that, to know. That's part of it,
0: right? Yeah.
3: I think I, I, I don't know. The Jorts, it's, that's a great story. That's like a documentary story. Like, so, just goofing around and effing around when we started this up, Buddy Ted, who played in the Neighborhood League, who now owns... Cash, the,
2: uh, yeah, Cass Corder. Cass yeah. everybody hates us.
3: Yeah, right, and he wears... With je- good reason. He wears jean shorts, and he now owns Metropolis Bikes on Corktown, and uh, and we were trying to think of something fun, stupid, that hadn't been done before, so he invented a spud gun that shot jean shorts into the crowd, right? And that became kind of a thing, And but his business took off, and life happens, and so and the, it kept breaking, and so we had our 10th... Uh, this last year is our 10th anniversary. And so, um, you know, Ted's like, I can get it fixed. I can come back for one game. And it happened to be like, 10 years of a day. And it was like a women's game that was 10 years a day from the first men's game. And it was a Wednesday night or Thursday night. So the crowd wasn't like great, you know, not by today's standards. Um, But we had a ball boy, and some of our ball boys are in their 30s. And uh, one of our ball boys (laughs) reached out and he's just like, Hey, I saw Ted's coming back. Do you mind if I join him? I was like, Well, sure, go ahead. Yeah. And so he comes and he's like, um, You know, he comes to Ted and he's just like, Hey, I got a pair of jean shorts. Do you mind? shooting these off and and Ted's like, yeah, sure. Okay. I guess. So, you know, they go around and we play forever in blue jeans by Neil Mm -hmm. diamond. And, you know, at the end of it, you know, our, the, the ball boy man, uh, you know, says, Hey, Ted, that meant a lot to me. I really appreciate it. Those jean shorts were my dad's jean shorts and he passed away back in December and Ted's like, Oh, you know, I'm so sorry. And, and he's like, you know, my dad got those jeans shorts from you back at cast tech in 2012 and he warmed every game and it was always just <laughs> wow. kind of our thing, you know? And like, and it was just like, and you know, I just want to put them back in the ecosystem and pass them on to some other family, you know? And I was like, for me, that was like one of the A highlights. Cool story. Yeah, it was one of the highlights of our yeah. 10th anniversary is like, you know, that like things carry on and how it becomes ingrained in like, you know, people's lives and like, you know, how it's just keeps growing and growing, but like, it's still very, you know, intimate.
2: And it am I mistaken or did I see the George Cannon on the wall at the uh, at the field house up in the restaurant?
3: Yeah, it's it's been retired in okay. the growing museum of artifacts.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I saw it. I almost wanted to I almost wanted to bow down. I mean, because yeah. that was one of the signature things where yeah. like who the hell is throwing some raggedy ass jeans up into the crowd <laughs> and I hope I don't get hit in the face by the zipper, but I mean, it's a pretty cool thing. Well,
3: I mean, you know, just trust we're always committed to like doing stupid stuff and so like while Jean Schwartz might retire I just went up to like Macomb County and bought like a trailer for like 500 bucks off Craigslist from like some guy in some elementary school parking lot yesterday because we're gonna build a float that like we'll have at the parade <laughs> in St. Patrick's Day this Sunday. Oh you will? Yeah yeah and I just bought some eBay mannequins that may or may not break in the middle of it. I don't know. Like, That's we're, fun. Yeah we're just gonna have, you know, I we'll actually
2: go will months. be judging the floats at the St. Patrick's oh, Day parade up. this this <laughs> Sunday so uh uh I will be I'll be watching out for that one.
3: Yeah. I'm kind of stuck
0: on this whole the guy who told you to go to Rochester who you don't have to say who it is. But there's you have an interesting history with the other sports teams in the city. Do you want or would you need any kind of assistance from any team and in what shape would you want or need it?
3: Uh I mean I think we have good relationships with the other teams in town. Um uh, you know, I've made a point this off season to like meet with the other front offices and just build those relationships. Cause we've had fun. Like, I mean, it was, we, we launched the Capitol Park store downtown, which has been uh, a huge hit and, but it's been just great, like foot traffic. So, um, just happened to be back in like August. Uh, some of the Red Wings were in town for preseason and they just wandered into it. And lo and behold, they bought a suite on their own and, and they had the whole, you know, Gosh, like sixteen of the Red Wings came out like that night to a game, right? You know, it's just like, and we've had Lions and stuff, like just fun cross promotion. So, um, no, I think we're in a good spot with them. I don't really have like any big ask. That's of I, them. I said yeah. interesting. That's why I, I was yeah.
0: just wondering, you know, how they could help or if they would even. Be interested but yeah the players
3: yeah i mean i think in, in some ways um they acknowledge that we're, we're tapping into a younger demo than you know their core fan bases and so you know i think there's you know and and they just have larger numbers than we do so i think uh it makes sense for us to work together you know there's not um yeah i mean we're not necessarily in direct competition with them if if we could
2: coax you into getting the george cannon back or maybe a Jorts a, a palt like a slingshot or something. I think we could get Laduff to donate his jorts. <laughs> no, don't he you he think? still wears them. Does he still wear them? Yeah. I think we'd want to have those laundered, but I think we might be able to supply some celebrity jorts okay. if, if that if that comes back. And Maureen's watching us on Facebook and says Keyworth definitely has that community feel, and you can really get that passion and that entertainment value out of it. Talking about TV and seeing what's going on with Bally Sports and these regional sports providers. Did Bally ever approach you guys about being part of their network or, or teaming up?
3: Uh, so we had one game on there when we hosted FC St. Pauli uh, from Germany. Um, so quite a few teams in our leagues are on their RSNs. The um, problem with Bally here is with all the games that they have, like it's hard to squeeze in. You know, between the three teams they have, so well, you're at
2: the same time. There are nights you're playing against the Tigers, yeah, and probably drawn up a well,
3: crowd. <laughs> then March, April, you know, September, October, you're going up against Red Wings, Pistons, and everything like that. So, um, so I think it'd be hard to fit onto their calendar. Um, so, you know, we found a really nice spot on TV twenty, uh, you know, locally, uh, and then yeah, the ESPN numbers, you know, are doing great. as Yeah, well.
2: no, so, it feels like you dodged a bullet with that ballys because I'm sure when they're sitting here saying, well, who are we not going to send a check to first? <laughs> so, like yeah. yeah, DCFC, what are they going to do? Sue us?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, our league put out. um Yeah, MLS's contract expired, and so that was the big thing. Is like MLS's valuations were, you know, being pinned to what they would get off this TV deal, and ended up they got the big check from Apple. But I think it's time. Quickly moving on, here, well, people are realizing some of the details of it and it's uh, kind of changing the landscape for them. Uh, so, our league, wait,
0: wait, When you say people are realizing the details, do you mean from the TV side? Because Apple's going to lose money on it. but Or do you mean from well, the individual ownership side? Or so, from the all league? the
3: production costs is like, shifted to the, the team MLS the league. Team. Yeah, yeah, the league is. Oh. The league, so, it's $2.5 billion is the the big number but spread out over ten years and then all the production cost is being thrown on to the teams. It's and not now a they're fin-
0: thing to learn.
3: Yeah. And so now the details are coming out of, like what assets will Apple retain, what assets the team retain. And you know, I think there's still even though they're two weeks in the season, there's a lot of questions on like what kind of checks the teams are gonna get when they net out everything. So it's huh. um you know it's not surprising to see you know, Garber put out statements about, well, now we're serious about so, teams thirty-one and thirty-two, right? Because, yeah, that's been their most tried-and-true like revenue generator for the league. Is oh, the yeah. entry fee,
2: yeah. right? Right. The, the, I
3: yeah, think
0: you can only expand so many times.
3: No, and I I think
2: when they when they expanded the
3: NHL,
2: the, the salary cap jumped because they had this influx of revenue but then once you're not bringing new teams in you kind of level off and it's like oh oh, oh." the best
0: way to bring new teams in and create excitement is through promotion and relegation it's it's the best thing the sport of soccer has throughout the world and just they refuse to do it
3: yeah i mean yeah you can talk about forever i think the
0: it'll never happen
3: yeah it won't because i think the money's too entrenched but like um you know i think it hits a sweet spot pro rel in the sense that like Clearly, Americans who are taking interest in the sport are gravitating towards the European game. Right. Uh, you know, not just because of the quality, but because of the but part of the narratives as well. Uh, so it's like you can appeal to those like soccer purists who are gravitating to the European game, but also create something that's like niche and unique in the American landscape, uh, and creates like storylines that the other teams don't have, right? And so, but that being said, I feel like every year that those valuations and MLS teams go higher and higher. Those things are just more and more entrenched that like it's it's just going to be the way it is. So So do you get rights money now from ESPN and from Channel 20? Um, So we retain – so we self-produce the TV20 stuff. So we retain all the assets. So we sell everything. So we keep everything there. Uh, And then ESPN Plus, yeah, they replay some assets and then they offset like production costs.
2: So So it's not like there's a huge new influx of cash. Okay. And do you notice that there are new revenue streams coming into you now that you're at this, you know, that you're basically the Toledo mud hens?
3: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a different conversations with our corporate partners, you know, that our exposure is now five, six times higher than it was, you know, two years ago. So um, it just puts in the bars conversation, you know, um, and yeah, our partners have been great and they've grown with us and they understand, you know, how things have changed. And so that's been a huge help. So
2: one of the things I heard at the annual meeting is that there were losses last year and there are losses projected for this year. And that made me really nervous. Um, Should we be worried about the, the future of DCFC?
3: Uh, I mean, I I don't take anything for granted and, you know, know that like we're always working around the clock. And, you know, as I was mentioning, like, you know, our goal is to be a generational project. Right. So. um, So, yeah. So, yeah, we definitely had losses last year, uh, in part because we transitioned so abruptly. Uh, So most of our corporate partnership deals were already in place when we made the move up. Uh, and so, your
2: expenses, I'm sure, must have just skyrocketed. I mean, yeah. you're,
3: you're flying
2: now instead of taking a bus yeah. to Lansing. I mean, right?
3: Um, and, and you know the the players, like the quality of players, expectations of the players. The players have a union, paid. yeah, they yeah. have a union, CBA, you know. Uh, but you then got a also, coach
2: with an accent. That's not <laughs> <sure>. <laughs>
1: Um
3: But then, like the you know the whole support system that you you know like all everything that goes into like getting the team ready. Uh, all those expenses of gone up so um you know i think this year like i said we right-sized the ticketing prices and you know we've gotten our corporate partners to grow with us so uh you know that gap is closing and you know our goal is by 24 being you know a break-even operation okay so your
0: sponsor your sponsors were tied in before you made the jump uh
3: yeah i mean you know like legal i can't go into too much of it but like yeah yeah, the our prior league was sure stuttering put it politely and so we had to make an abrupt move and so we did and at that point we'd already sold two-thirds of our season tickets and you know almost all of our corporate partnerships had already been locked in so you kind
0: of had a feeling there was going to be a loss there yeah we raised raised the capital
3: with the expectation that we're going to take it on the chin for a couple of years as we you know get to where so we so need to
0: be So you
2: can to redo be. the sponsorship Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, uh, v- we very quickly fell out of the running for naming rights to the jerseys for Soul of Detroit once they went to the championship league. We're like, yeah, I think we better get out of
3: there. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there's there's one too many zeros, which for us is maybe two zeros. Yeah, so that,
3: yeah. Uh No, I appreciate all the fans who have suggestions on partners, um potential partners. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. Yeah. But are they that like... A little oh, yeah, no. <laughs>
2: Those are the same people who call into Sports Radio and say, why don't we trade the long snapper for Tom Brady, but yeah. not Tom Brady now. We'll go back in time, yeah. and we'll get him when he was 30. It's so, like, yeah, we're working on that. we got a team around the clock on that one. So uh,
0: Not to be stuck on the whole MLS, uh, <laughs> USL, but here I, here I go. Um, battle, they play for a cup, right? I mean, isn't there a, a cup that... Um the country has
3: yeah uh so it goes back to like 1914 uh, it's called the u.s open cup and it's uh it's
0: open to everybody
3: open to everybody uh so there's a qualifiers for the top amateur teams but then every professional team's automatically entered into it so um so we start i think like we're round two, but there's a whole host of qualifying rounds before you even get yep. to round one. So we're round two. Um, and then the MLS teams joined the following round. So
0: what's the best a non MLS team has done in so, recent in recent years? Yeah,
3: so last year Sacramento, who's in our league, um, who we tied well, no, we actually lost in last year. But anyway, Sacramento who's in our league, uh, they lost in the finals to Orlando. Um,
2: and you beat the crew, right? So
0: beat the crew. Yeah. Right? So yep. it shows there's a somewhat of a,
3: yeah, so a we level beat,
0: playing field.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, that, that was a highlight for us, you know. Uh, you know, for me, I was, I was joking, like you know, it, like all these memories over the past decade. But like, you know, here we were at Keyworth, and the atmosphere was absolutely electric, and there was like a vibe to it, and everything. It was like super exciting, uh, and we beat the crew. Um, and you know, I hop in the car, and I go to I go to Dooley's for my uh, post game celebration, and you know, I'm listening to Pat Caputo just trash and soccer on the car ride back. He's just like, you know, past doing his thing about like,
0: you're never going to, you're never going to win those.
3: No, reasons. but like, Hang but on. hearing him talk about it and then people calling in being like, I don't know, man, this seems like a, that was a fun night, you know, or like, you know, like people would call up calling him in. And he was like, well, wow, no one cares more about that team in Hamtramck than the Tigers do. You know, like I was like, and everyone's calling in and, and then I go to Dooley's and like they got on the radio WWJ and they're doing like a update of the score and everything like that. And, you know, it was like for me that was kind of like a uh, you know big night. You Validation. Know? Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: You can make a lot of money betting against Cat, Pat Caputo, so I wouldn't worry about that too much. Sean, I know we got to let you go in a minute. Um, tell us about the first home game uh, where people can find out more about the team and if there's tickets available for the home opener.
3: So um, the first game is this Saturday in San Diego on ESPN Plus. Uh, they, they're owned by Landon Donovan, uh, oh. the San Diego team, and it should be a full house. And they're league favorites, so that'll be a great test to start the season. But then our home opener is uh, March, Saturday, March 25th, 4 o'clock, Keyworth. Uh, and single game tickets just went on sale uh, a few days ago. So uh, definitely single game tickets left, but we're pushing for a capacity crowd to start the season right. And you can get those on the team's website? or Yeah, uh, yeah www.debtcityfc.com. So debtcityfc.com,
2: we'll put a link to their website on our website. Sean, thanks for coming in and uh, looking forward to a great season. And if you're going to Keyworth, you'll, you'll see me there. You may see Sean there because the Free Press is starting to cover the team a little bit more, which I'm glad to see.
1: We don't have so. a beat writer. Can you can you do something about that? Use your influence? Because <laughs> well, the Detroit if, News has one.
3: Yeah, if, It's if, if, done well for them. They keep. Uh, I think it's worked out well for them. So. Well, yeah. I,
2: I remember taking the new editor of the Free Press, who's now gone, to his first game at Keyworth, and I said, you know, we have all those those ads up at Comerica Park and all the other stadium. They're all lost, and all the other ads that are all big. I said, if you had that Free Press logo right at center field here at Keyworth, how many people would you have seeing that? Where that would be the biggest logo they see, and this is a this is a rabid, loyal fan base. If how no, many how many new people would you be introducing to the Detroit Free Press? And he said, that's very interesting, but I don't know if it went hundred, any further than that. A
3: hundred but. percent uh, yeah. correct. Uh, you, I would yeah, say are. editorial wise, our fan base is probably more inclined to free press than news, but that doesn't stop them from subscribing to the news to read the articles. So. Uh, some of those
2: some of those Northern Guard guys who look a little scary. They may be news guys. I'm not <laughs> sure. The smoke Bombers. The,
0: that, that hardcore group of fans, I mean we've seen it in podcasting too, will support something they love and they'll support the sponsors.
2: Oh I've I've told in, you in before I mean, without a doubt. When I was flogging the Kwame Sutra, which is still available at local bookstores, uh, I would go on WWJ, I'd go on WJR, I'd go on WDET, I'd go on any radio station that would have me, did not sell a single book. Even with guys like Paul W. Smith pushing it so hard, I'd go on Drew and Mike, and the minute I hang up, I got seven sales and I have to go to the post-off and ship them. Because when you have an audience, like our audience, they understand if they don't support our sponsors and they don't support our show, sometimes with donations or just by saying a kind word to somebody, we're going to go away. And this is really an organic thing, and that's the beautiful thing about DCFC is you keep getting bigger, but you still have that kind of intimate feel to it. And, um, and you know, before I let you go, I, I forgot I wanted to ask you, what have you heard about MLS coming to Detroit? What have you heard about Dan Gilbert? I just wrote about the billionaires making all these plans that they don't fulfill The twenty-three thousand seat stadium at the failed jail site, then at Ford Field, and then the next thing we know, scam. We get passed over by MLS. Then Gilbert's trying to buy Chelsea. Is anybody still trying to? I mean, what are you hearing in the grapevine?
3: I mean, I think Detroit's always going to be on the short list, and uh, it's going to be like one that like the league will always kind of stoke the flames on. Um, But you know, I think the reality is like MLS does not excel in northern cities where they're going up against entrenched, the, the four major sports and college teams. You know Some of the weakest markets for the league are like Chicago, Philadelphia's doing better, but like Boston. Um, that's not the league's strong suit. It's more the Sun Belt uh, with younger populations. And uh, so I think there's healthy skepticism in this community about building the $300 million stadium. And that's where Gilbert and Gores were. They, that's why they pivoted to Ford Field. Uh, and I don't think anything's changed – in that sentiment, you know, in, the, in this town. So, you know, I think we'll always be brought up because we're a top 15 media market, but it's, um, you know, what I would have said five years ago, it's inevitable, I wouldn't say that today.
2: Yeah, because it seemed like the billionaires were trying to kick in the door with MLS, but now if I hear Detroit mentioned, it's MLS sort of saying, we want to go here and here, yep. and then, of course, there's so-and-so and so-and-so in Detroit, but I, I don't get I don't get the sense that Gilbert and Gorris or any of the deep pockets... Are interested in running a soccer team in Detroit anymore?
3: Yeah, I mean that's. Would yeah.
0: you? Would you want to go up against? Against? <laughs> I'm serious. Would I mean, to, um, I wouldn't want to go up against what you guys have built. I and mean, if
3: you look at the roster of like local guys who have the resources to do it, you know, frankly, they all have their team already. You know, HBO just yeah. got the Suns, yeah. right? So it's like, you know, who's got to be in their bonnet to own a major league team uh, and make that type of investment? And you know, I don't know who that is. Um, so. um You know, we'll just focus on what we're doing and keep growing it and, you know, I guess be the biggest team outside of MLS.
2: Okay, Sean Mann, CEO of DCFC. They're coming back to town March
3: 25th, is it,
2: at Keyworth. So get your tickets and watch them this Saturday playing uh, in San Diego at, uh, what time is that game? 10 o'clock Eastern. 10 o'clock Eastern on ESPN Plus. Plus. Okay. So you can see La Rouge on TV wait, this wait. weekend. Ten,
0: 10 o'clock Eastern, so that's a 7 a.m. local start? Classic West
3: Coast uh, swing, right?
2: Yeah. Oh, oh, 10, oh. 10 a.m. Uh, yeah, I guess I was thinking oh. 10 p.m. So, no, yeah. 10 p.m. No. Oh, 10, 10 p.m. I thought you yeah. said 10 a.m. Oh, okay. no, ten p.m. Eastern. 10, 10 p.m. Okay, yeah. So it's just like watching football, okay, the, last, long game long. the yeah. last game of the last game of the college football day. So it should be great. So, yeah. Uh, Oh, and and you know what? Uh, Mad Cat Peel says that fee-free tickets are available at the DCFC Capital Park store. If you want to save the vig, and a cheapskate like me knows all about that. go to the Capital <laughs> Park store and see all the cool swag. Because years ago, Sean said when we were running the team, kind of you know, out of the back of our trunks, it was more like a T-shirt company. Sure. It is a professional, very well-run soccer or- organization, but they still do have some pretty cool swag. So you, you want to check that out, too.
3: Yeah, I think we were second in the league in uh, merchandise revenue last year. Like So we still uh, do our healthy share on that. Yeah,
2: yeah so check it out. And they, they have a store as well at the Detroit City Fieldhouse. that's open on Wednesdays and Saturdays, so you can check that out. And and if you ever go up there, I, I my girls grew up playing hockey at the fieldhouse and when it was when it was City Arena, and there was this big space between the rinks that was just kids running around and broken chairs and stuff. It's now an excellent restaurant and bar. You can watch the games. There's all kinds of cool stuff up there. So uh, if you're at Mount Elliott and Lafayette in Detroit, check out the Fieldhouse. A lot of great stuff there too. A lot of fun. A lot of leagues going out of there too. So check out, come play Detroit, and of course all the soccer programs that DCFC is doing there. For kids and folks who are, you know, this generational soccer, I'm not really enjoying that because now I'm playing against the kids who
3: (laughs) were kids
2: when and they run all over you, and you get. I'm a shitty soccer player, so it was always a humbling experience. But you know, what can I tell you? Time moves on. So, Sean, thanks very much.
3: Appreciate
2: it. And uh, and if you missed it this weekend, I wrote about the billionaires who seem to always be taking. Well, they're always asking us for stuff. They're asking for hundreds of millions of dollars in tax breaks. Uh, this week or next week, the Illich organization, Olympia Development, and their partners-related companies are hoping that the Detroit City Council will approve an $800 million incentive package for them to build another $1.5 billion worth of their district Detroit vision. The uh, The deal's a little different than the last one, and before they had – a property tax uh, mechanism. Now what they want to do is take payroll tax so that, <laughs> and this is an interesting thing, how they work these brownfield tax uh, captures. If, um, if they get approval to do this, they will collect $616 million in sales tax that would have gone to the state and income tax that would have gone to the state or they'll be exempt from sales tax. The net effect is that's $616 million million less dollars that would be going into government's pockets, but they say, why not give them to us? Because if we don't build the project, we don't get to collect this money. And so I talked a little bit in this weekend's Free Press about all the projects the billionaires have been pitching where they've sold government on giving them big tax subsidies that haven't happened. Uh, Gilbert's tallest building in Detroit is going up, but it won't be the tallest building in Detroit. Uh, the it's soccer taking, taking forever. Yeah, the, the soccer stadium and the Gateway project at 375 in Gratiot, where the, the failed jail was going up, or never really got up.
0: Which, nothing's man, happening that, there. That drawing of that area looked so cool.
2: Oh, <laughs> my God. Now, the, have you noticed the one thing it that survived happen, is that funky sort of Jawa wagon-style Detroit Innovation Center? Yes. Yeah. Is still, that's still the design, but now they say they're going to build it in District Detroit over by of LCA, course. behind LCA. So that's kind of a cool-looking building. I hope they do pull that off. But Brewster Douglas, former Projects, was supposed to be this amazing residential. and yeah, it's just and- a field. There's nothing there. I mean, it's 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 pretty it's pretty bleak many years later. And it goes on and on. Dan Gilbert, there's no question, has done a lot to revive Detroit. What he's done with his individual projects has been nothing short of transformational, but it seems like the bigger these projects get, the less likely they are to come through. So City government will be taking a look at this latest Illich deal. Um, I hope that they scrutinize it the way they should because it seems most of the time they're in a big hurry to vote and not in a big hurry to do their homework or to figure out a way to evaluate these projects to see, have you done what you said you were going to do to qualify for all these breaks? And I hope those questions will be asked. I know if I was on city council, I would have been asking. I was going
0: to say, to me, it's on the politician's. Stop rubber stamping them.
1: Do you need a yeah. breath, Mike? No, no, I'm I'm, I'm Disca- rolling. No, just kidding. Do you need some caffeine? Yeah. You're awfully quiet. Yeah, no, no, no. This is I when just- Sean starts to shine, though, halfway through a show. It's the
2: early start. It's uh-huh.
1: the early start. <laughs> is, it the, is it the early start? Yeah, because you wouldn't be here for another 15 minutes. Well, no, no, Sean, our guest, Sean, the Sean, the main Sean, the, the one Sean that counts, was confused we kind of wrapped it up with him but we kind of didn't so he was sort of sitting there thinking am i free to go am i not free to go and i was thinking well mike was going to take a pause at some point." why are you pulling back the curtain and dismiss him did. um, he said goodbye to him yeah eventually
0: yeah do you are you a big fan of long goodbyes
1: oh yeah probably i mean it's not like we have a commercial break it's hard to hang up you know what i mean (laughs)
2: Commercial break in three, two. Now I like
1: uh, Mike I like, and I have trouble getting off the phone, right? Sometimes. I like the
2: Irish goodbye. I'm not good at it, but I, I, I kinda like that sort of like where'd so and so go? It's like That's it's the the Irish goodbye. Yeah. He's gone.
1: You know? It's racist. Yeah. My mother in law used to just the Irish. hang up. Just yeah. You know, just all of a sudden like in a TV show. All of a sudden she wasn't there. Yeah, it's Click. a TV, TV show yeah. hang up. Yeah. Melrose Place. Just do it all the time. Yeah.
2: That well, was the end of the conversation. Yeah. I love it when you've got friends on the phone, like people you really know who aren't going to be offended, and they get another call, or you just go hard out, and you hang up. It's just like no problem, man. Yeah, it's like best. I know you got to go. I'm done. We're yeah. done here. It's like oh, okay, I know, but I really got guys. You spend so much time apologizing, that you have to catch the other call that you miss the other call. It's just like hard out, done.
0: That's why texting's great. Just I don't, I don't need any of the small talk. Just tell me what you want, and I'll tell you what you'll, what we'll do. I right? had a,
2: I had a boss who used to send me messages and at the end it would say EOM. I was like what the hell no, is this? It's like end of message. It was basically her way of saying that's it. You know, we got nothing more
1: So EOM. no no more End responses. of
2: message.
0: It's done. Um, yeah, it's like I got no more to in, say. I
1: could say end of EOT end of thread or whatever. Let me let me let me ask you this. On your text messages with people,
0: are you the last one to respond or are they the last one to respond? It depends. Both. You want to be both.
1: You want a to be
2: Be the last one to respond, and let's. else no. I mean,
1: yeah, for one day, and then maybe the next time, then there, and you know. So you you want to make sure that uh, you're doing both. What do you think mine's like? What do I think yours Everybody is?
0: Everybody like? else is the last to respond. I don't know.
1: Really? I'm a terrible communicator. I guess that's not shocking.
0: Well, no, it's just like, okay, I got it. Why do I have to say,
1: I got it? E O M. You know what's interesting? I I remember when call waiting, which is a long time ago, kind of came in, and it forced you to. You know, people get their feelings hurt or whatever. It forces you to prioritize. Well, wait, you're going to take their call. You're fucking talking to me. Exactly. And that's uh, there's I mean, a so whole na-
2: Seinfeld episode over that. Who wins yeah. the phone battle? Yeah. You know, it's like you got bumped. It's like, wait a minute, their their mother died, and you you bumped them for my call. They lost the face off on them. Their mother dying. I mean, oh,
1: no, but it's and it's a thing now. Obviously, if you get if you get bumped, you know, two minutes into the call. It better be important, it better be right somebody's work or spouse or yeah, well you never know child or whatever, so, but no you just don't just pretend there's i gotta someone. I gotta take this call, but good yeah. friends will tell you often who oh so and so's calling or so or works calling or whatever, uh, of course they could be lying
2: my but, my least yeah. favorite thing is the uh is oblivion where somebody jumps over the, the
1: tom cruise movie
2: no no when you jump over and you're counting you're like I, <laughs> I was thinking, Sean. i've i been here for two minutes i've been here for three minutes are they gonna come back should i just hang up they should gonna...
1: i say the morgan freeman movie
2: and there are some people who come back and they're like oh hey sorry man they're like i was waiting for five minutes you know what the hell but there are people when it's who miscommunicated
1: if yeah you're right some people exactly
2: but they don't even think about this like yeah I, I gotta take this call Ding 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 ding. Well you ding,
1: you normally would say I'll call you back or we'll talk later or we'll talk later this week or tonight or whatever. There's some communication there, right? I, I, of expectation. No, I know there are people who just leave
2: me hanging, just like, oh, shit, man, I gotta finish this call. This joker will be waiting when I get back. His life sucks. I'm like
0: Time for ML. That's at least a half hour.
2: That's kinda cold. I mean, I know I'm <laughs> tedious, but at least let me get on with my life.
1: Well, thank you for letting me get well, on with this podcast. Uh, irony.
2: Yeah. Oh, huh? Man. What? What happened? Okay. Last well, thing. nothing. We like, shifted
1: away from the billionaires, so my mission was accomplished. Yeah. It was awesome.
2: <laughs> well, if you want to read There's more, Sean Windsor always about protecting
1: that, billionaires. You can
2: find the link on our website. You yeah, know, it's
1: shocking. They want to build stuff, and they haven't come up. Oh, oh sorry. Go ahead.
2: Well, I, I, hey, listen, I, you can build whatever the hell you want. Yeah. Just don't take. Half a billion dollars of my money, and then not give me. No, what for told sure, me.
1: no, 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 for sure, for sure, for sure. I completely agree with you all. It's just, uh, you know, it's. Oh
2: damn! I thought Sean was Sean was standing up for the man again. That's. Oh,
1: I love no, that. No, I agree with you all. It's just uh, not new. But go ahead.
0: <laughs> what do you want to <laughs> talk?
1: Well, you, you, no, you, we just did we just had a really fun conversation what's next on the agenda though that's what i what want you were asking not the agenda sorry the rundown the agenda makes it sound like we're you know manipulative
2: you were, you were asking how we, we can provide a beat writer to cover dcfc at the detroit free press and i, I was, was. Just trying use to, your influence i was just trying to encourage people to subscribe to the free press consume our great content sean has some stuff on there too com. you can get a three months for 99 cents it supports the journalism it supports the reporters and as we grow we can expand our coverage and we can bring on a full-time beat writer for dcfc and a lot of the other great things going on in detroit so please maybe i should try that michael you can find the link on our website maybe i should try that which is ml soul of detroit uh,
1: i don't want to i don't want to compare it to the rhinos because that's, that's dismissive that was a you know beer league but uh... yeah,
2: You know what, that Rhinos thing, for which Sean, by the way, people don't know this, but Sean basically won the Pulitzer Prize of sports writing for a series he did during an NHL lockout on a beer league team. He covered their season as if he was a beat writer, covering them as his full-time job. It was outstanding. A genius idea. It was, well Mike's, executed. It was Mike's
1: idea. Oh, yeah.
2: I, Was that mine? I don't know about that, but but you 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 yeah. found a great team. Oh, and they was were that, oh, was that me? Do you ever catch up with those guys? Do you know what they're doing?
1: I stayed in touch with a few of them loosely for a, a long time, and then just kind of, you know, as life does, it kind of peters out a little bit, or you just, you get busy or whatever, but... uh i might have some time maybe we should just i shouldn't say have some time we should make some time to maybe go cover a few games and see what happens because every time i've gone to a, a dcfc game i've written about larger stuff not larger stuff not to say more important stuff but the scene or or uh or a little bit about the game in the larger context of what's going on and just and what's happening in the success of this organization and, and it's the unlikely rise Something along those lines. There's been a larger narrative rather than just what's happening on the pitch, as they would say. So maybe, uh, maybe we should experiment. I a think it'd bit. be interesting to and see if they've game. chased
2: off the big guys.
0: And
1: see if I could do a few game columns.
2: And you
0: won an award for that hockey series.
1: I wonder if we could do a few game columns. Did you get a 10% see-
0: pay cut? I hear that happens when you win awards. Six and a half percent. Well, well, six
1: half. did you get six and a half percent pay cut? Well, uh, yeah, I did because everybody got it. But Mike's made that pay cut all about him. <laughs> but no, everybody at the Free Press got that same fucking pay cut.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he thought uh, Pulitzer Prize winners should have been exempt. No, no, I didn't think that at all. I just thought I, don't know, I just
2: made that up. Oh, okay. Yeah. In fact, uh, I have no idea what you think. No, I believe me. It started as a thirteen percent pay cut. But uh, well, then it's a victory. Then you gain ten percent.
0: Or no, what? How much? What did you say? Six? You're, you went to U of M? Come I, on! By, I, I have way, a
1: short. I have short term memory. By the way, Mark, I just certain, got a I certain reason. I just got a text from a colleague, not at the Free Press, but a, a colleague reply. of Gannett, Yeah, who is really irritated that the Michigan column that I wrote about John Howard, Michigan's <laughs> basketball, doesn't didn't have my name in the headline because what? that's what a, a lot of a lot of opinion pieces at some papers around the country will include the author's last name in uh, the headline. Like Monarez. To yeah, right. To out, like Mitch has in his contract, but to or clearly, to clearly delineate that that is an opinion piece. So he's saying to me that because he's tied into the Michigan State community, that I'm getting quote tweeted all over the place, and it's they're saying it's part of the blue wall. And people, <laughs> leg- no, but no, but but people legitimately. This is a good question for Mike too. People legitimately think it's the free press's opinion and not mine. And my colleague, let's just say his name, Graham Couch, who's a columnist at the Lansing State Journal. Yeah, it's a made-up name. Say, yeah, think it uh, says that um, we're confusing our readers and is contributing to their, th- uh, Michigan State readers anyway, contributing to their idea of a blue wall because they think, you know, if it's just a headline, that's the free press's opinion and not the individual columnist or opinion writer.
2: I just think it's a great... With, that a guy named Couch is covering Michigan State. I mean, how perfect is that?
1: We should get him in here sometime. He's feel like having a guy he,
2: named Duchesne covering he's, Michigan.
1: He's fun and super opinionated. Oh, you know, so you—that's a French name. Like minded, right? A little bit, but uh, plus he covers your your favorite university.
2: Uh, I think it's America's favorite university. Is it? Uh, yeah, I'd love to have Graham in. He's great. Yeah,
1: he's no, really he's good. he's fun.
2: Yeah, there's there's a lot of good people covering Michigan State. David Harnes does a great job. Jim Camperoni, you got Couch. Yeah. D- Michigan must have a similar like uh,
1: our guy. How about the Free Presses guy, Chris Solari?
2: It goes without saying.
1: Yeah, he's I mean, good. It's the Solari system. Dogged.
2: We're all part of the Solari. We all rotate around Chris Solari.
1: But anyway, d- 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 real quickly for y'all, should should newspapers, news organizations put a last name, of, I mean, or some other way to make sure that people understand its, a, it's opinion. You it used to know a columnist because it was a column. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the way. But, but, on, but, on, that, but that online, all, online's they're, changed they're, it, right? So, yeah, so
0: there should be some kind of notification. But that's, to me, that's been the problem with media in general is punditry and columnists get mixed in to reporters. Completely agree. Yeah, and journalists. And so it's, it's just this blurring of what's opinion and what's
2: fact, and then it all becomes fake
0: news yeah, exactly. No, I completely agree.
2: people, people went to CNN for news. And when Fox really larded their show up with opinion and did really, really well, CNN adjusted, MSNBC adjusted. all these other places adjusted. So now you have more analysis and opinion than you have news. and people think that's the media, and they think the same thing happens at the local level. And there's just a level of sophistication that, and it's not a high one, but we we assume that people have, that they don't. So when I'm teaching journalism, I would ask my students what's the difference between a news story? A column, an editorial, and an advertisement. Because I would have people send me emails when I was covering city hall, saying, "Hey, I really liked your ad in the free press yesterday." And I'm like, "Shit, I didn't pay for that, man. That was just straight up news." Well, I, I people don't understand the difference. No, they and don't. We I, make it very, very hard now.
1: They we do. I get resp- responses, emails all the time from people calling what I wrote an article or a story, or whatever. And technically, that's true, but it's a column, right? And so, or some people saying, "Just stick to the facts." I'm like. Oh yes, I understand. It's but it's an opinion piece, right? So I have to explain that. I get you know. What gets what gets more clicks? A column or a report? Or oh, it it, dep- it depends. It really depends. I mean, a some, news story
2: or or an opinion piece?
1: Both. If it's a news story's really newsy or got something that people, yeah, no, they can do really well for sure.
2: Well, and it's hard to tell now too because of the paywall. So most of our most of our. What we think is going to be our high-impact stories or columns or whatever are behind the paywall, so only subscribers can access them. So when I wrote that column about going to the Republican State Convention and stopping at the Nut House, we get we get like a report every over every morning on what did what, and I had like the by far number one red story in the paper, smoked album killed everybody as like holy shit, that must have been a great... Everybody went crazy for that, did so great. And then somebody told me the next day, it's like, yeah, they forgot to make it subscriber only. Oh. So you do massive traffic because everybody who wants to read it can read it. So the needle goes through the roof. If it had been subscriber only, it would have been a significantly how, how is that smaller...
0: Decided? How was that decided? I
2: mean, you don't have any say over
0: that. They, is that no, all editors? It's,
1: editors decide that they try they do, to... But I don't
2: like working for free, so I'm just like, yeah, They put, try put a, put to guess.
1: They try to guess what... What will sell subscriptions? That's basically I get it. it. It's like it's like a premium gro- it's, content. It's Still it's like a how you it's how you arrange a grocery store, right? And where you put stuff and putting vegetables at the back or whatever, or you know, but like, any, look, any kind of business. Going
2: back I'm to writing last... chocolate covered vegetables. <laughs> going back to my last Gosh. question, so
0: if Mitch Album writes about um the Michigan State shooting, is that well, that's a bad example because everybody's going to want to read the report? If Mitch Album writes about um The Super Bowl winner are more people likely to read that or read about the Super Bowl because anybody can get information about the Super Bowl Uh, So that's a
1: good question because I think our Lions writer Dave Burkett who's fabulous has been at Super Bowls for a long time I don't think he went this year But there's been a 10-year stretch where both of them in at the Super Bowl and my guess is um, And I haven't looked at the numbers off the top of my head uh, that makes no sense. Really? I I haven't looked at the numbers. But, but my we... guess is Album would sell would sell more subscriptions at the well, super that's bowl. that's
0: a little different too because
1: everybody watches the Super Bowl. I'm just yeah, thinking, of, you know, I, an I event don't know
2: like, if we'd put the Super Bowl game story behind a paywall because no. everybody knows you can No, get not anywhere, for not for right?
1: Dave, but we might for Mitch because people want to oh, read Mitch, Mitch for
2: sure, yeah. Well, I'll just tell But you
1: sometimes that. we don't put him behind the paywall. If he, if he if he's writing about a friend of his in the industry or or something, you know, he writes a lot of personal stuff. Sometimes that's not behind a paywall.
2: Yeah, uh, okay. I'm looking at it I, right I
0: now, only, only about 50% of his last 10 columns are behind a
1: paywall. Yeah, right. So, okay. Or if he's opining about a, a, an issue that has nothing to do with Michigan, Michigan specifically, it's more of a national thing, th- those are often not behind a paywall.
0: Okay. What about you? Are people more likely to read your um, glowing praise of the Michigan basketball team, <laughs> or are they more likely to read the story about losing to Indiana?
1: Um, my column today would probably sell more subs than the game story. Great column, however, I pissed off a lot of yeah, people. Yeah, right. But then that's the reason That's not why I did it. But
0: oh, I know. If Mi- it, on the other know, hand, if you
1: did it, <laughs> if Michigan won, had beaten Indiana and that was secured an NCAA bid, that probably would have come closer, or maybe surpassed in terms of subs. It's so dependent on the news. It's just so news. It really is. What were we going to say, Mark?
0: No, I was just. I was just going to say that's why I think it got a lot of responses or why people might want to read it. I mean, but I know you. I know that's not your intention. Whereas, there's been people in the past that purposely will write negative shit to kind of stir up. And little, here I am writing positive. I get it.
1: Here I am doing the opposite. I'm writing positive shit when I know people out there are pissed. But and naturally, like, anything you know, like, positive about take, Michigan
0: take is going to be negative to some Michigan State well, people. No, Michigan, State, Michigan, I, Michigan I, State positivity would be negative towards Michigan Absolutely.
1: People. Michigan State and fans are apparently of joy of it, killing but. me on Twitter right now. But the last couple of columns I've written about the Spartans basketball have been, I'm like, hey, these guys are playing great, and give them a break, and this and that. Yeah, I don't know. I and, just, for, and for those that haven't read John's column, um, let's just talk about it now. Those, I, met, I mentioned that, Michigan State in the column, by the way.
0: But what, all you basically said was Michigan's, you know, they're probably not going to make the tournament this year. They still can. It's possible, not probable. Um, but your whole point is, hey, the team really improved this year, um, and that's, you know, well, that's. What the point of that season was,
1: and right? the, yeah, the youngest team in the league, and that some years, that's what you're going to be. You're not, you're not, you're not going to make a run every year. You're not going to be competing for the Big Ten title here's every a,
0: year. Here's the beauty about sports: for a lot of people, all that matters are wins and losses, <laughs> right? So when you see something like that, people are going to be like,
1: "But, it, but that can't be every year, or you, well, I, or what I would I you have, right?
0: I, yeah, because you only have one champion every year. Exactly. I understand. You got to have something else. I, I get that, but I, I don't know. It's it's really Look, I love the team. It's my school. I follow them like crazy. I know exactly what you're saying, but I totally understand why someone would go, Yeah, they, they fucking, well, Howard's on the hot seat.
1: No, everybody's, every, everybody's upset with me today for this because Michigan State fans thinks, think I'm just, you know, giving Howard a pass or sucking up to him or whatever. And it's a part of the blue wall. Michigan fans, especially who are not happy with Howard, think that I'm sucking up to, So, yeah, everybody's mad today. It's one of those days.
0: Good column. You got to get an emotional reaction out of people, right? Well, and
1: what's interesting about this column to me is in the process, and it's a good reminder is I wrote the column and I, the, the original lead was a couple of paragraphs down. I thought, you know what? It's, the heck with this. I'm just going to say it. And so I started off. No, Jawan Howard's not in the hot seat. I can't believe we're having this conversation, but this is how short memories and long expectations are, et cetera, et cetera. And then I went into the column I'd just written. And I think that top is what's really probably getting people. That's oh. not why I did it, but I just thought, yeah, sometimes – Michael tells tell you, sometimes you write your thing and you go back and you're like, oh, this top sucks. Well, this is what's I've great. I've
2: actually never done that. I've, I've always wondered whether it's magic or whether there's angels working through my fingers, but I'm usually pretty happy. No, no,
1: no I, no, I appreciate it. Yeah, angels are on your shoulders too. I'm, I'm just a vessel. You are. What, what were we going to say, Mark? I was just going to say, once again, the great thing, especially about
0: college sports, is it's really hard to follow every single team, right? So you follow your team, and I wonder how many – People that are looking at Michigan's record and laughing at them as you know, right? this the this, this season is kind of a kind of a failure based on one, wins and losses. You expect them to be better, but how many people know they were four and twelve in games decided by six points or fewer? Is that a fair victory? Probably, probably. I'll you know, sure, whatever. But well, as I wrote
1: in the column, what
0: if they were twelve and, and four in those games?
1: No, for uh, sure. They, but as I wrote in the column if this my, my, becomes my, my, my a point pattern... Being,
0: they're not so bad. Cyrus, that he's take on, us out. Is, my point <laughs> yeah. being, they're not so bad that he's on the hot seat.
1: No, of course not. But uh, but, look, context. If yeah. it becomes a pattern, this is how I always try to put things in context, if it becomes a pattern and they're starting to lose games like this a couple of years in a row well, or certainly three years in a row, <laughs> Absolutely. Then, then, yeah, that's a different conversation. But one year off of a Sweet 16 and a Final Eight, come on.
2: Well, how much is this... Is is a factor the Big Ten being really good? I think right now there's only two teams in the top twenty five from the Big Ten, which is inconceivable. It's a but
1: down year for I them. don't think but, the Big Ten's really good. It's just uh, yeah. really it, you, there's a lot of parity. You
2: have Rutgers beating people up. I mean, it seems like even the bottom of the Northwestern Western is, was is in second good. place, right? Yeah, no, I think Northwestern's the other ranked team because uh, I think yeah. well maybe Indiana's still hanging on, but you got Purdue. Northwestern, Indiana, and then Maryland floats up, and po- you know I mean no, it's just, lots it's of parity. but
1: yeah, we don't want to break the Big Ten conference <laughs> it, down here. It's all, yeah. po-
0: no, but I, I mean they were a, oh pow- sorry. they were a powerhouse. Trying to conference. take an interest in your work, honey. <laughs> Until this year, they were the conference for the last what five years. You know, surpassing the ACC. Now everybody just been- not
1: in the postseason. The Big Ten had won a national title since. Sure. Izzo did it. Yeah. Sure.
0: But I mean you you had really good teams sending a lot of good players um to pref- to professional leagues. Oh, now for now, sure. now that this year it's shifted all over the big twelve and how good they've been.
1: For sure. For sure. For sure. It's a college basketball breakdown.
2: Damn. Okay. There we
1: go. Yeah.
2: Well, be- before we uh before we do analyze all the is it 14 teams in the Big Ten now? Oh, my God, if yeah. I think you go to 16, like I can't to.
1: Oh, we need to get to sponsors?
2: Well, we, we wanted to say a little bit about Luke Nowacki and David Hall, who not only make this show possible, but make it possible for you to make some smart planning for your future finances and to get some money right away. Uh, Mark, what do we? What, what can we tell people about these fine gentlemen?
0: Well, let's, let's start with Hall. Um, they do have, you said, smart. They have a Buy Smart program because housing inventory is on the rise. You can get ahead of the competition before you know spring breaks and then uh, summer. You know when people, that's when people really start buying houses and moving around. Um, so right now, it's easier than ever to get into your new home with Hall Financials. They have an exclusive Buy Smart program. It can give you up to twenty five hundred dollars towards your down payment. Get pre approved in the same day with most credible pre approval in the industry, Hall Financials five star certified pre-approval. Hall Financial can connect you with the top realtor. They have they do have a huge networks of realtors. So which is always a tough thing when you're buying a house, who do you pick? Because you inevitably pick a friend of a friend and then get mad at them. At least that's been my experience. Uh, whether you're looking to purchase a new home or even refinance the home you're in now, or maybe get cash out of that home because you don't want to move or whatever, uh, you can get called. All you got to do, call Hall Financial first, 866-CALL-HALL. There it is, 866-CALL-HALL, or chat with them online at callhallfirst.com.
2: And we'll have a link to their website on our website. I've done two deals with David Hall. Fantastic. Uh, if I could find another house to buy, I'd do another deal with him. So we 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 recommend them. Oh with gusto
0: start buying houses you slumlord I prefer to with all that money as
2: a land baron but <laughs> all that money you make line. being
0: a slumlord or a land baron then uh make that money earn money for you luke nowaki he's got a whole team at pinnacle well strategies he loves numbers he loves making people money and he can help you plan for all your goals that uh, exist today and where you want to be in the future to become that uh what do you say land baron
2: uh, yeah impresario oh, land
0: baron either way luke will put you on that path call him 248 Free consultation just to see what
2: he can do with your money. And you want some expert advice because the stock market's up, it's down. What's going to happen next? Let Luke do the worrying. You just watch the numbers grow. Because when you call Luke, he'll make it all about you, sweetheart.
0: Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. Member F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing names. Products or services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc.,
2: Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Do that? What a
3: dork! Is him wanting to play with us again mean that he's turning into a geek, or we're turning into cool guys?
2: I am so pissed off at these MGM gaming ads. And if, if <laughs> I hope we're not running any of those commercials. You should know that we run commercials during the show now. Not the, not the people who sponsor the show, but we have some inserted commercials. Those are determined by your browsing habits. They know what you like, and that's why. That's why I get all those
0: uh, gambling ads.
2: Yeah, well, it's because you're 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 a man of, You're a man of action, a man of adventure. They call you Monte Carlo or a, Mark
0: or degenerate.
2: I'm actually Duke Riviera because I've got the eighty five Riv out front. But maybe right now, did you ever drive a Monte Carlo? No. No. Okay. Well, Markey Carlo. Markey like marky trying to change like marky my mark name in it. oh stupid. but um I apologize I should edit that out but these bet mgm ads drive me crazy I know you guys have seen them with Jamie Fox and now uh, I hate him the Kevin Garnett drives
0: me nuts but yeah
2: Yeah Kevin Garnett's getting uh, like a ginger smoothie or
0: something
2: Yeah <laughs> As we, if. these people who have amazing lives just wonderful things going on Jamie Fox is in the middle of shooting a movie but the only thing that will give him a rush <laughs> Is winning a little bet yeah. on his phone. Yeah.
0: Kevin Hart, man, that's all he can do. He's, he's addicted to gambling online.
1: Yeah, this Wait, what is, are we talking about? Gambling? Oh my God. God. These, uh, we're talking about gambling? Okay. Who's the geek? Gambling?
2: You, you did wash your hands, right? I'm thinking back to an earlier conversation. But, but he's been back for at least two minutes. Okay. But he, he, was, just, <laughs> he was just getting a smart loan consultation I with know, David Hall. It I was such a compelling no, deal, no, he couldn't Notice wait. how
0: he didn't want to speed up the show when we were talking
1: about his column. Oh, yeah. No, no, I did. I said that's probably enough about the Big Ten. Yeah, but go ahead.
2: No, you said I haven't written about the Big Ten yet. And I said more on that later.
1: No, I said let's not turn this into a Big Ten show.
2: Well, we actually are. We're going
1: to ruin everything for we're Carlos actually top,
2: top 200 news commentary podcast is rated by charitable.
1: But, yeah. Anyway. Um, it's rated by what? Chartable. Chartable. Oh, nice. Yeah,
2: that's
1: Thanks for letting me be a part of it. Well, if you'd come to production meetings. It's much better than the other podcasts I'm a part of.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh. it's um. Oh, um,
1: yeah. um but that's not uh, Carlos's fault. That's my fault.
2: Yeah, that um totally my fault. That swap shop <laughs> podcast, or what is it? Ninety day bunk, fiance. Bunker
1: bunker
0: living with Sean. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. Is that what it is? Bunker living. It's
0: Pre- a, prepping with Windsor. uh
2: Animal husbandry.
1: How's that generator going?
0: No,
2: that's with your brother. Your brother does the animal husbandry podcast, doesn't he?
1: Does he? He's the vet. He is the vet. I'm.
2: Took you yeah. a while to remember. It's,
1: yeah, yes I bet. the vet.
2: Sean Mann's brother-in-law is impressed. Who's the geek? Oh, it, did, oh, yeah. Do you want to start over? D- yeah, you know, this whole MGM grant <laughs> thing. Oh man, the geeks, <laughs> Cyrus. <ahead>. Um, <laughs> but it, it just drives me crazy because it, either these stars are pathetic, and with all the wonderful things they have going on, they can only live if they have this little rush, or it. or they're trying to convince us that that life is not fun unless every second you're doing something that more than likely is going to cost you money. So Wait, why are you
0: blaming the actors? You
2: should blame the companies. The actors are just looking for a check. Well, that's that. See, that's when they get excited is when they get the check yeah. from, from M Jim, I just think the actors, they got enough money. They got enough going on yeah, to play you know this little role. It makes them look pathetic. You know what's my, better
0: than enough money is more money to some
2: people. Yeah. So that's the story behind the story. But to me, to, to, to con- conceive that their lives are miserable unless they win some little prop bet somewhere, <laughs> okay, unless they cover enough. the spread, it's just, it's ridiculous. So, M- bet MGM grand, first of all, you know, most people don't win, you need to know that. But Jamie Foxx, Kevin Garnett, everybody else who's a part of this, for pretending that your really amazing lives are only worth living because you might have covered a spread somewhere, you guys are my geek of the week.
3: Six oh nine.
2: And you can
3: dance together all night. you got the time.
2: So if you love live music, especially live music, if you love music, especially live music, we'll fix that in post. No, we won't. Check out the Cadu Cafe. They're open Sunday from two to ten, Monday through Thursday four to midnight, Friday and Saturday four pm to two am. The kitchen is open till Monday to midnight most days, until ten pm on Sunday. They have live music throughout the week. I'm going to be there on St. Patrick's Day. I encourage you to join me. You can find out who's playing there at caducafe.com. Local place. We're going to play a little local music. This is Toby Red with every time I run. Toby Red, a great band from Detroit around the 80s. You may have heard them, Can't Get a Job, was kind of the the radio hit that they had, such as it is, since they never really broke out. But Toby Red comes to us from Tim who writes, Hey, ML, even though every podcast you do is great, the last few weeks have been outstanding. During the 80s, I worked with a guy that played in a band, and they would play at paychecks every once in a while. Well, one night after another forgettable set by that guy from work, a three-piece band followed with a girl singing and playing guitar. I was absolutely blown away by not only her voice, but the band But the band kicked ass. The band's name was Picture This. I never found out what her name was and never saw that band again. Have either of you ever heard of that band? I have not. But if you're listening Picture and you know this. anything about Picture This, a three-piece with a angel singing and playing guitar, Let us know, because we would absolutely like to know more. And if you have a link to any of their music, we'd like to play them on a future show. But Tim says, maybe we can do a Detroit 80s and play Toby Red. Well, now that I've asked for Toby Red, I'm going to get Toby Keith channeling Sean there. Have a great day, Tim. So it's we looked song. up Toby Red. I remember them playing uh, way back in the '80s. They were they were hitting all the spots in Detroit. I'm sure they hit the Ritz and paychecks and all the great bands, Lilies and Dodge, New Dodge Lounge and Hamtramck and everywhere. But they have a link to greatness because one of their drummers was Chad Smith of the Red yeah. Hot Chili Peppers, and uh, so. So they were they're kind of a rocker. I don't know if I'd necessarily call well, they had them
0: some local uh, radio play
2: too. Oh yeah. No, no. They, they big, were they were Bittersweet radio. Alley, yeah. Toby Red. <laughs> there were a few bands that used to get some play. And they were good. They they kind of have a little bit of can't get a job feels a little more like the romantics to me, but they oh, wow, yeah. They they had that look with, you know, the the ha- hair hairsprayed pompadours and uh, you know, sort of a little rough around the edges, you know, like they might be they might be kind of dangerous rockers, but, um, but I really like that tune. And, and yeah. I will tell you, I, I, I hadn't heard that before today. I knew can't get a job because it did play, but I'm surprised they didn't do better. The, the, those, it's a tight sound. It's got a good hook. Those ringing guitars, I always love that sound where it just has that sort of resonance. I, Toby shows you Red, how,
0: man. It shows you how hard it is to make it. Oh, well, back then. Now,
2: you know what? Boy,
0: do you think it's harder now? Since everybody's making, it's very easy to make music now. I'm doing easy in air quotes because there's so many avenues to get your music
2: out there. It's way easier to have a home studio recording. You know, it may be easier in that you don't expect to get a big record contract now. So you kind of I mean, there's,
0: there's have to think about that. There's you far play. more competition now than there ever was, but it's easier to be heard or seen.
2: Well, who's the big um English singer who became uh a huge hit just because he started putting stuff on um
0: Well, Justin Bieber, right? Was he was well, found Justin on, Bieber, found sure, on YouTube.
2: But there's an English guy, um God, I can't I mean, look how you can get hits
0: just from TikTok.
2: Yeah, well that's what it is. If you put something out there and it and it, it goes viral. And so I, I've been watching a lot of Hulu and they have videos, music videos in between as they're as their Uh, their insertion ads. And I don't know whether these bands or there's a young woman who's, she's really good looking, kind of got a huge nose, but, but I, I like that. Um, who seems like a young, you know, like, uh, like, uh, Ellie Goulding or a, a Kesha or somebody. And, and I don't know whether they're actually, hits or whether they're paying to try and build up this audience and launch themselves and there's a couple little well,
0: somebody's i mean it's an ad someone's i've I've heard ads by hulu to run ads on hulu
2: yeah like so radio ads but these are in such heavy rotation i don't know if it's uh if if the record company is trying to promote them or if if they've uh, both, just sunk maybe. a bunch of their yeah. own money to say hey i'm going to build a following and i'm going to get signed but but yeah there are more avenues now but it's always been tough to make it, and now you're competing yeah. with everybody and, and with a cell phone.
0: And what is making it anymore? I mean, you got to be a touring act, really.
2: Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, what are you getting from downloads? I mean, it's got yeah, to be, be nothing. I mean, you know, we have a pretty good size audience, and we're trying to build our we YouTube do? subscription base. We, oh, we're, that's amazing. We're trying to get to a 1,000.
0: That's awesome. Well, Come back.
2: All well, right. Rip Van Windsor. Oh, uh, it's nice. <laughs> uh, nice. But, uh, Except he loses air really the longer cool. he stays asleep. But, yeah, but we're, you know, we, we're struggling to get to 1,000. Thanks for letting me be part of it. And you can help us by subscribing <laughs> to Soul of Detroit on YouTube and signing up for an alert. Because I think we may start going earlier every week, but whenever we go early or late, if you sign up for an alert by clicking that little bell... On our YouTube page, you'll get an alert when we're getting ready to go live or when we post any new content. A thousand. So, so please, yeah, that's our goal.
1: That's pretty great. Well, overall, what what do, how many people listen? Can we say that, or is that proprietary? It's proprietary because I don't have an easy answer.
2: Well, for you. yeah, the other thing is depends yes, on the metrics. Prepared. You know, like some people measure them. Some depending on There's who's more doing than the a measuring, thousand, Sean, how
1: how we how have more than have, ten people.
2: We have tens of thousands of people listen to each episode, and by other measures, we have many thousands listening to each episode
1: oh so it's confusing but every single Tens one of, of them hundreds. sean
2: every single one of them is special to me and that's the way i like to think of it you're going for quantity i'm going for quality everybody who makes no, I'm time not going for, for us anything i'm just curious. indicating yeah, that they are you're not going to be, what, be quality,
0: what do you want to be an influencer
1: no i was just curious uh, influence what am i going to start your own only fans how to how to hate yourself with no hair and big boobs Actually, you have a oh, very, i got tell you, you there going nice be a market haircut. for that on
0: OnlyFans. there always is
1: self-loathing uh bald guys with big boobs is that uh
0: someone's into it so
1: uh you could use a you use a, a that's bro a, that's the beauty of the internet someone's into that I think so.
2: sean is uh not doing the marketing for the free press or for the solo it. <laughs> unless it's counter marketing it's um the shut-ins and uh and those with their toes over the ledge thinking, of a tall building.
0: But- I was thinking about Windsor. I was thinking about you yesterday because we were talking on uh, Windsor or Sean. You okay? Can Just, I not call you Windsor? Oh, no, that's fine. The, the Windsor. I was in my head because there were two Seans
1: in here. Yeah, so I was thinking I, about. I, Fel- I was. I often. Think, you, I often yeah. think about Fellhauer. No, uh, for sure. It's, it's an, yeah, it rolls right off the tongue. Um, but we I were. I talk-
2: thought of as we had one and a half Seans in here, but. <laughs>
1: I make up for the melancholy with a pair of finished <laughs> he shoes. You was
2: speechless for I a minute. Know, was Did everybody catch that? I hope we don't drop an ad in there.
1: <laughs> I make up for the melancholy by wearing finished shoes. So there. You I, were thinking I, about I was me? How thinking
0: about you because we were talking about Phoebe Gates, who was Bill and Melinda Gates' daughter, and she was very upset that she was being made fun of and memed on Twitter because she is dating. A, uh, another student at Stanford who happens to be black, right? So black Twitter has been <laughs> pretty strong jokes. And she asked people to stop, which just created more of it. And I'm like, well, she should have told people she enjoys it, and that would have stopped everybody. So it made me think of you because um, you like to rag on the show that you're on. And I'm like, well, maybe this is a genius that if you say not to listen, people will listen, so...
1: I don't really rag so on the Sean, show. So, Sean, tell everybody sometimes not. Sometimes I want to speed it along.
0: Do not rate, review, or subscribe to the show. Just say that, and then we'll see if the magic well, works.
2: Here's how you know the show's going to go long. Sean goes, can we speed this up? <laughs> and then. Can I ask a question?
1: <laughs> rag on the so, show. So I oh, saw rag the, on the show I saw the show. I love notes. too. I love the show. Are we done?
2: No, I saw the show notes <laughs> <show laughs> for for Drew and Mike, and I got really excited because I thought it said Phoebe Cates. And I, I, I was know. like, ooh, what's Phoebe Cates? Okay, Joe, yeah, try and hold. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that date- takes us back to another hand washing our- conversation.
1: We're, date- we're dating ourselves.
2: Uh, Not man. really. Well, who else would have us? I mean, that's the fucking 80s.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, look at who are you talking to over there? <laughs>
1: talking yeah, about toby <laughs> red and yeah, well but in comparison all, from the, the podcast that's you all and that's all
2: uh on in heavy rotation on the cassette deck in my buick deck. riviera which is parked part <laughs> out front.
1: So. By, by the way by the way i know we're gonna we've uh, got why? a few things to read real quick and then and, and wrap the show up but uh any more thoughts on just a word on tom <laughs> sizemore real quickly because you started the show off with him yeah just your favorite role uh any kind any kind of moment anything anything like that
2: so I haven't seen uh, Saving Private Ryan, but oh, you it, haven't seen that movie. I, I oh, have not. So
1: good. I, I'm gonna. It's on my
2: schedule to watch. Yeah, watch the 20 first 20
1: games. minutes, and then and then you're done, You're good. You don't need. You well, don't
2: I, need I thought anymore. it was kind of gory, and I don't really go for the gore. But you um, like
1: the British detective where God. they don't They, they yeah. don't carry guns. You don't like the you gore, and you call yourself an American.
2: Well, you know, i I'm, I'm I'm I have dual citizenship. Well, the French like the gore. Do they? <sighs>
0: Okay, Okay. go ahead, carry on.
2: Showstopper. Um, (laughs) That role that we played in the intro, Jack Scagnetti and Natural Born Killers, I mean, talk about a compelling, creepy character. One minute you're like, oh, he's this hero. Then you're like, ah, he's kind of creepy, and he's, uh, I mean, he's great. And that whole dialogue with how he became an expert on psychopaths about hiding behind his mother's body uh, at the University of Texas when Charles Whitman's doing his thing. I mean, it's just... It's both compelling and grotesque at the same time.
0: I really liked him in Zizek's Road.
1: Yeah,
2: I think I have. Has the, anybody ever heard of that movie? No, I liked. Yeah, him in I've the, got the director's cut. Do you, do you yeah.
0: know? Do you know what the thing is about Zizik's Road? I think that's what it is.
2: I couldn't even pronounce it, let it, alone
0: spell it, it. It is the all-time lowest grossing uh, in-theater movie of all time. Is it really? I think he made ten bucks or something.
2: What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah how did they even measure that?
0: Because it was in so many theaters, and then they know how much.
2: I thought I went to the lowest grossing movie of all time, uh, Escape from L.A.
0: 2006 American thriller film uh, featuring Catherine Heigl, yikes, and Tom Sizemore. And let's see. From February 25th to March 2nd, 2006, it was shown once a day at noon in one theater in Dallas. One auditorium rented by the producers for a grand. It's limited. They say it was deliberate. Um, But it uh, became the lowest grossing film in history. Now, some people think... Yeah, it made thirty dollars from six people paying five dollars apiece.
2: How would it do in Europe, though?
0: Some people think that that was maybe done on purpose to help it get some kind of cult status, which that's the only reason I knew about the movie. Still, I, l- I
1: liked him in the Devil. Uh, what is it? The oh, Devil, Devil a, a blue dress. Devil in a yeah, blue dress. With,
2: uh, Denzel.
1: And then Heat. Heat's one of his most iconic he, roles. Yeah. For me, the action is the juice, which you've yeah. of course seen that all over social media the last
0: week. Tarantino movie. Um, I always say "Reservoir Dogs" and "Tom Reservoir." No, Dogs. Uh, true, uh, romance.
1: true romance. True romance. Yeah, yeah. he and
2: Chris Penn—they were great yeah. buddy buddy. Yeah. The two, uh, the two. Uh,
1: no- oh, that's gods. got that <laughs> memorable performance from Gary Oldham, who plays uh, who a white guy with that could dreads. not be done today. White guy with dreads, Drexel,
2: and you know Drexel. who I think you know who made their film screen debut. I think in that movie. Samuel L. Jackson.
1: What did he say? Is it White really? Boy Day?
2: It had to be, yeah. yeah, he must have thought it was White Boy White Day.
1: White Boy Day, that's yeah. what I remember.
2: And there are several other lines just, that we could not. No, say we can't. No, we can't. And survive.
1: No, we can't. But, uh, oh, no, like Tarantino thought he was cool because he wrote that movie. Yeah. And, um,
2: Tony Scott directed it. Yeah, no, it.
1: he thought he was being cool back then.
2: Anyway. I think the only- was cool. The only so scene cool. from Detroit is cool, a shot from an alley of yeah. a Detroit police car driving across the alley, and you can see the steam coming. Yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, it's all L.A., you know, Toronto or whatever. I mean, yeah.
1: The, oh, the other memorable scene is uh, Dennis Hopper and Christopher walking.
2: Don't repeat any part of that you scene. Can't, but yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, it was pretty wild. Yeah,
0: I really liked him in Celebrity Rehab. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's uh, a good show. I, I never thought.
1: You know, there was a while where I confused him with uh, Vincent D'Onofrio.
0: Oh, God. One of the
1: greatest actors. He's another incredible character actor. Yeah. yeah. Just go watch Men in Black. I mean, he should have yeah. won an Academy Award for walking down the sidewalk pretending to be in a bug suit.
2: Go watch Full Metal Jacket.
1: No, yeah. no, for sure.
0: Holy smokes. Yeah, no. Go watch the episode he did of Homicide Life on the Streets. When he gets cut in half you, by a subway. Do you guys talk what? about that
1: show on yeah. on your your what? main podcast? Which one? Oh, I saw that Homicide. one. Homicide: Life on the Streets.
0: It's yeah. I mean, no, we don't talk about that. But that ahead is of its so time, to this right? day, my favorite like broadcast TV incredible. show. incredible. Yeah, drama wise, yeah. Andre
1: Brower. Oh my god, no,
0: it's god. fucking fantastic. It the book to sound like a snob. The book is even better.
1: Even the, the even the Baldwin brother is great in that.
0: Yeah, that's uh, Stephen. No Daniel. no, Daniel. Daniel. Yeah.
1: Who ended up nude? Yeah, you
0: know, at Kodo. Yeah, Cotto. oh, Cotto so good. God. Yeah, no, it was a great fucking show.
1: Yeah, sorry, it's not a British show. I, I like British shows too, Mike. But anyway, you I like that it just it. dawned on ML that he has seen that episode.
2: No, because it was on Friday night, so I usually wasn't around. But I remember that one because the minute they freed him, he was going to die. Yeah, and, and he's he- fucking great in that. And that that bond that he he established with the uh, with the detective, I mean, that was that, Melissa Leo.
1: Oh, Ned that, Beatty was in that too, wasn't he? Early on, yeah. yeah. That
2: that may have been one of the most moving uh, television cool, yeah. uh, episodes ever.
1: Very underrated. Did you ever see? Oh, you mentioned Melissa Leo too. I just did. You no, just no, said, yeah, she's yeah. great. No, she was. Uh-huh. She was great. I remember the episode where Andre Brower was... I don't remember the context, but he stood to salute finally at the end of the we show. We should do a podcast um, about every episode of Homicide Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh,
2: in answer to your question, Sean, how many people are listening? Fewer. <laughs> none, none now. <laughs> Fewer now. Yeah,
0: Just a family of homicide sorry. actors. I think,
2: I think we can actually pin it down to the single digits. Oh,
1: sorry. Okay, so yeah. we can read our stuff and go? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Read. So no,
2: no donations this week, but uh, we know that next week... Well, the sun is going to come out tomorrow, so you can always donate by going to com and hitting that little donate button. We very soon will add a, a Venmo option, I promise. Uh, but for now, if you have PayPal, that would be great. We'd appreciate a few shekels. And we, of course, cue the music, love your
1: feedback. Mm, 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 I don't have a lot. Your yet. first mic. Oh,
2: no, no. Uh, we <laughs> only have one one piece. Of, I read Tim's. note, but I do want to tell you, we're coming up on episode number 200, and I've asked Max, Max, Krokop, Max Prokop, our musical director, to commission some more special music that's for the great, Soul of Detroit. Is- He's given us two options that you and I and Mark are going to listen to, and we'll maybe we'll ask the audience to decide which one they like Or better. maybe we won't. But we'll be doing that in the next couple <laughs> weeks. In the meantime, here's Sean with some feedback.
1: I love all the negging you do on that show. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a word, huh? Yeah. That's a, that's a thing. I thought that word had passed us. What? This is, uh, I guess, about last week's show. One can only hope. And it's from somebody named Kyle. Thank you, Kyle, for taking the time to write and for listening, of course. The show should have been called, quote, Fall of the House of Windsor. No cell phone, no heat, no power. (laughs) That shit was more than I could handle, and I work for the unemployment agency. (laughs) (laughs) I want to start a GoFundMe page for Sean. If only I could stop crying long enough to get the page set up. Hang in there, pal folks are going to replace the book of job with the book of sean i know i have <laughs> that is some sincerity there it's a beautiful uh, it's it's gorgeous
2: and a man who knows some connect with another
1: human being yeah 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 he's
2: worked for the unemployment agency boy there's a guy who's heard some tales of woe i forgot you, about the cell you phone. topped them all
1: i have forgotten about the cell phone yeah no we're all good now I'm grateful i have power
2: did you get a new cell phone
1: Not yet. I got a new line, and it's dropping calls. I switched the corporate line to my my own line, and that's dropping calls everywhere, so I'm trying to figure that out. I am going to get a new phone, too. Could you keep your number? I did. Teresa
2: could not keep her number. Why not? I think as a reporter, you can appreciate...
1: Why couldn't she keep her number?
2: It was not made clear to me, but she was told she could not keep the number that she's had for like 10 years.
1: Did she want to stay with Verizon, or, or did she want to go to another company?
2: Well, you can take your
1: number with you. You can, but it's easier if you stay with them If she wants to keep her number
2: Yeah, no, she switched She switched to another provider That's
1: good for you now, right? So now you can just say, I'm sorry, I can't remember your number
2: Oh, no, because I just say call Teresa Oh, okay Or I just say, uh, have Teresa paged at the mall
1: That's funny, that's what I say
2: Yeah, that's what I do You say call Teresa? Yeah Such
1: a job It works (sighs) I mean, just when we want a Coney together or something, you know
2: that explains why she's lost that Juwad of Eve that is so much a part of, of her. She's gone from Zorba to zero. Um, nice anyways, alliteration. Well, it's, you know, after the Zizik show or whatever, When you <laughs> throw in enough words eventually. They
1: <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, they do.
2: It's carpet bombing.
1: Anyway, thank you, Kyle, for that. Thanks for listening. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for your concern. Very, very kind of you.
2: So please send your donations. Don't worry about the GoFundMe. We'll we'll cut Sean in on whatever gets sent. Oh to no, no,
1: no, no! Don't worry about me.
2: But please do don't send. Don't worry in.
1: about me. Yeah, I'm all good.
2: Killers Mike, please do send in your donations. <laughs> whoever's left.
1: No, 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 send donations for Mike, just not for me. Unless you want to help with breast, breast reduction surgery. nagging like again. That.
2: Yeah. Okay, Doctor Roche. Actually, can we get Doctor Roche hooked up with Sean? I think maybe he may be ready for uh, the diva procedure or whatever, <laughs> whatever the thing
1: is. I don't know what it negging. is.
2: But uh, anyways, wait. Did
1: you just chortle? Or was that a snortle? That was me. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. I was that. it really? Yeah. Okay. We, we love so to hear weird. from you. You can
2: write to us at mlsoulofdetroit at gmail.com. Keep the feedback, <laughs> the constructive criticism, the straight-up criticism, the character assassination. Whatever is in your heart, put it in your fingers, put it into a message, and send it to us here. We love to hear from you. And nice. And we were going to have Elliot Hall, the attorney who played a key role in the uh, in one of the events that uh, was very prominent during the '67 riot or resurrection or insurrection, whatever you want to call it, uh, we had to bump him till next week because of a scheduling conflict. Totally my fault, but uh, Elliot has graciously agreed to join us next Tuesday. So if you're looking forward to hearing Mr. Hall, please tune in next week.
0: By the way, you said it was your fault, a scheduling issue because of your you have something coming up. Um, but I was amazed at how wrong you got the date. Oh dude. You it, thought it was
2: Tuesday, March seventh, and it ended up being what? Way yeah. later in the so month. So it's not even,
0: even not even on a Tuesday.
2: It's even more embarrassing. Yeah. So I I've I've received a summons for federal jury duty, which hopefully I I'd like to experience that. I'm hoping I get on a grand jury because they meet what once no a week. No one
0: says when they get that, but
2: yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's part of the process, and, and I would
0: find it interesting too. And, unless,
2: and I'm unless always unless it I'm always locked out on the other side of the door, so to be on the inside <laughs> would be. Kind of, and believe it or not, you would think reporters would be the first person thrown off a jury because, like, oh, they're all blabbermouths. No, reporters almost always get picked for the jury, and often really? are are recruited to be the foreperson. So it's, it's why people view them as unbiased. No, I think they know they take notes and, you know, they understand things. And, and, yeah, and maybe the unbiased thing. I mean, even though people think we're biased, I think face-to-face they kind of forget whatever has been pounded in their head by certain megalomaniacal media and uh, political figures. But but so what's really embarrassing about that is I thought it was March 7th without thinking, well, why would they have us – on a Tuesday. And and I was it kind of bothered me. Like, well, maybe the feds are different that they want you to call in on a Tuesday. And then I finally found my jury summons over the weekend and said the 20th. So um, so we'll see what happens there. But yeah, I I would love to get put on one of those grand juries that meets once a week or once every two weeks for six months, and you hear all kinds of cases. I think that would be really
0: cool. Oh, grand jury, yeah. Yeah, oh
2: yeah, that would be awesome.
1: Super cool. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Sean's ready to go. Um, Sean and Carlos, you got to check it out.
1: Yeah, there. yeah, let's definitely check it out.
2: Uh, you want a you unique experience. You can listen to that and brag to all your friends. Well, I know something you haven't done that I've done. I listen to Sean and Carlos. So.
0: What, what, what's on the docket today? Or whenever it posts. Uh,
2: Big Ten basketball. So that's what you're saving your whole Big Ten bet. You're holding out on us. There you go. There you Jeez. go. Jesus. I hope uh, I Treese is able to resist your charms in the same way you've resisted our charms. They're uh, Svengali. Svenguli? No, Svengali. Svengali. Okay. So until next week, thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And Cyrus, take us out. Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
3: All goddamn baylines, right on the grass, being eating a lot of fucking ants and thinking, what happened to my mom? You know? And ever since then, I've had a strong opinion about the psychopathic fringe that thrive today in America's fast food culture. I tend not to exhibit the self discipline, you know? Becoming of podcast
2: a podcaster. You got it
0: right, Jack.